seems as though the year has just flown by, hasn't it? Christmas, here this week already. Hi there, and welcome to Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. What child is this that we celebrate? What child is this that we remember on this day? Join us next for the answer on Graceful Truth. almost ad nauseum. Remember the real reason for the season. And as Christians, we do. But it is easy to forget at times what child this is that we celebrate, that we worship, and why it is that we don't keep him in a manger, but take him all the way to a cross. Join us for Graceful Truth. Here's Pastor Steve Converse. This morning, we're going to Take a little break from Romans and begin a little Christmas, couple Christmas messages. And uh, you can turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Usually we teach through books of the Bible here at Grace Bible Church, but occasionally we take a little break and uh, do some topical items. And uh, one of those times is around Christmas time. I never have been able to get a book that I'm teaching through line up perfectly with the Christmas holiday as much as I've tried, uh, so it, it never works out that way. But as we uh, look to God's Word this morning, uh, Luke chapter 2, um, just read the first couple verses here, verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to the firstborn son and to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. As you draw closer to Christmas, the time that we celebrate here in America, December 25th, ask yourself how many pictures you've seen of Christ. How many pictures you've seen of Jesus, maybe even this past week. And that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. Uh, Among all the Santa Claus stuff that's going on, the tinsel and the advertisements and reindeer and uh, presents and the cards that we'll send out. It gives us a little bit of a reminder of why we celebrate this time of year. But when you stop and you look at those pictures, whether you're in a grocery line or driving down the freeway and see a holiday a picture of Christ on a bulletin board somewhere. Uh, probably most of the pictures that we see are pictures of the, the crash of the manger. And you see little baby Jesus as this infant in the manger. Maybe the little baby Jesus is being held by Mary. Um, possibly maybe even some shepherds 
wise man looking on, despite his stable surroundings, the baby is plump, healthy, perfectly clean, and comfortable. And it's good to see those kind of pictures. They're good reminders, I think, that when we celebrate this time of year, it's all about the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the birth of this little baby, uh, rather than just celebrating Santa Claus. Uh, But I want to ask this morning, who is this little baby? Who is this child that was held by Mary, that was worshipped by the shepherds, the wise men? And I want to give us basically five answers to that question this morning. And to aid your memory a little bit, I just put them in alphabetical order, B through F. And Jesus as a baby, Jesus as creator, Jesus as dying savior, Jesus as empowered Lord, and Jesus as the final judge and returning king. These are all pictures of Christ, as we'll see this morning. And so in our first point there, Jesus as a baby, we read here in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And when you look at verse 7, I always find this interesting because it says, And she gave birth. Short, sweet, simple, she gave birth. Mary, a young girl, a virgin, a woman who had never had any sexual relations at all with a man, gave birth. I hope you understand that wasn't the miracle. (laughs) The fact that she gave birth. That was not the miracle. The conception was the miracle. The conception of the Christ child in Mary's womb was the miracle. But there's nothing here in the text to indicate the birth was any different than any normal process of birthing a child. Some of you who've been in the labor delivery room with your wife at the time of birth, you understand what it's about. You know what a woman goes through to give birth to a child. And Mary gave birth just as many of the other women here in our church and even back then gave birth. Her water broke. She began to have contractions. She probably felt overwhelmed by the process that was going on inside her body. No doubt her back hurt. That's one thing women always say. There was pain. There was effort. There was sweat. There was pushing and stretching and burning. And then finally, amazingly, this little baby, this little creature came forth from her body. This little baby, newborn baby, covered with mucus, amniotic fluid, blood. His hair probably plastered to his head. Maybe his head, maybe even a little misshapen from the hours of pushing. His skin... Blush in color until the first breath, and then that little cry. Mary gave birth. 
and the baby, Jesus, came into this world just like you and I did. Through his mother's strong efforts. Yet, so beautiful. Well, what's the point of all this? I want to share with you this morning that Jesus was a baby. (laughs) He was a baby. He was a normal baby. He was born in a normal way. Because he was really, really human. He really was. Some people like to say, well, Jesus was 50% God, 50% man. No. He was 100% Man, 100% God. And this was a baby who soiled himself, no doubt. Probably spit up occasionally. Cried when he was hungry. And what's amazing to me is this little baby, the God child, was completely, completely and utterly dependent upon his parents for meeting his every need just like your little babies were when they were first born. When you have a little baby, that baby is dependent upon the parents to care for their every need. They can't feed themselves. They can't change themselves. They can't move themselves. They can't clothe themselves. Jesus could do nothing for himself as this little child that was born that day. And I'm sure when his mother, Mary, held out her hand and maybe held her little finger, her finger up to his little hand, he probably grasped that finger just like your little newborn child would. There's no way he could communicate with his mom, his dad, except by crying, as most little babies do. This little baby probably took months to learn how to crawl and even more months to learn how to walk and even more months to learn how to communicate, how to speak because Jesus was a normal human baby and yet he was God. Isn't that fascinating? Secondly, Jesus was born to this poor family who was in difficult circumstances, no doubt. I'm sure Joseph and Mary, like any parents, would try to do their best to make their newborn baby comfortable and safe and clean. But if you know anything about a stable, if you know anything about a manger, it's not really a sanitary place. My brother Tom used to be a farmer, and I remember going down and watching him feed the cows and the hogs, and I just thought, how disgusting is this? Took every desire for beef or pork away from me when I saw them in that mud, and just, it's like, this turns into bacon? How does this happen? This wasn't something I was cut out for. They're filthy. Occasionally, they'd get a hose and hose them off. And you know what the pigs would do? They'd go right back into the mud. They'd just be dirtier than they were before. Well, you think of this little baby Jesus born to this poor family under these difficult circumstances. If there's one thing a pregnant woman doesn't want to do is go on a trip. Especially 
on the back of a donkey. (laughs) That would not be your first order of business if you were nine months pregnant expecting to deliver. Hey, let's go on a horseback ride. I don't think you would do that. And yet that's exactly what they did. They went on a long trip. But I wonder in this manger how far they were from any water. How'd they clean them up after the birth? Did they just wipe the stuff off them? Or what did the manger look like? I mean, this manger has been a repository of grass and hay falling from animals' mouths for years. And yet here he was, the little baby Jesus, the God-man, born to this poor family under these difficult circumstances. And then thirdly, we see that Jesus was born with the appearance of illegitimacy. The appearance of illegitimacy. I mean, even though Mary had this visit by the angel Gabriel and all that, I'm sure most people back then didn't believe her story. Probably thought, okay, yeah, right. She's kind of trying to save face, made up this story. Most of the people, no doubt who saw Mary, assumed that she became that way through the normal, uh, who saw Mary pregnant, uh, assumed that she became pregnant through the normal process. And yet this stigma of illegitimacy followed Jesus, followed this little baby all of his life. Look over at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I just want to show you what you, what I mean. You know, when we look at our society today, one of the problems, I think, in a lot of our societies is this very fact. The fact that babies are being born out of wedlock without the proper mother and father model. And unfortunately, because the government has grown so cold toward the things of God. Uh, they don't care if it's a, just a mom raising a child or a dad or a mom who thinks that she's a dad or maybe a dad that thinks that she's a mom or maybe two moms or maybe two dads. To them, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But there's something to be said about the stigma of being an illegitimate child. And this followed Jesus all of his life. You think that, boy, something like that would go away. Well, it didn't. Look at John chapter 8. Look at verse 39. Jesus is having a confrontation here with the Pharisees. And uh, right before that, in verse 37, he says, hey, I know you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. Verse 38, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. And they answered him and they said this. You can just kind of hear the sarcasm in their voice. Abraham is our father. In other words, who's your Who's your dad? We all know what went on 30-some years ago when you were born. Your mom and dad weren't even married. 
Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. Verse 40, But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Verse 41, You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus' response, he says, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him because he lies. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are what? Not of God. What an incredible response. But you see them pointing the finger saying, wait, you're talking about a father? You're illegitimate. We know who our fathers are. We weren't born out of sexual immorality. So he lived with that. He lived with the idea that he was an illegitimate child. And I'm sure Joseph and Mary had to deal with that as well as a couple. And so he was a baby. He was born to this poor family. He was born in the appearance, with the appearance of illegitimacy. But he was a normal baby, just like any baby that you have ever held or gave birth to. And yet he was still God. Secondly, the Bible tells us, look at John chapter 1. The Bible tells us that not only was Jesus a baby, he was also the creator. He was the creator. He is the creator. It's so important that we see this. The Bible tells us that Jesus was much more than just this human baby. Uh, The normal human baby that Jesus was actually contained the creator of everything we see. It says in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John here purposely, he echoes all the way back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It actually takes us back to that text. It telling, it's telling us here in John, in the beginning was the Word. 
The word already was, even before creation, is the idea. The word was with God. It says the word was God. So you begs the question, well, who is the word? What does John mean by this expression? Well, he answers that question down in verse 14. If you read a little further, in verse 14 it says, And the Word became, what? Flesh, and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Jesus. Jesus was God in every way. Jesus was with God from the very beginning. So when we think of the birth of Christ, we don't think, oh, that's when Jesus began. No, Jesus existed before that. That's just when he took on a human body. I want you to understand that little baby, that little baby Jesus, the child who was unable to care for himself, he was God himself. Isn't that amazing? Charles Wesley writes it in a carol, and he says this, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, what? Our Emmanuel. So Jesus is God incarnate. He is, is God taking on human flesh. But there's still more. Because John tells us that this same Jesus, the same one that was clothed with humanity, is the creator of everything. (laughs) He created everything around us. It says, apart from him, nothing came into being. The NIV says, without him, nothing was made. I mean, just stop and imagine this for a second. Those same little infant hands which grasped Mary's finger came from the same being that created the stars. The same voice that cried out when, she, when he was hungry, cried after his birth, was the same power that named those stars. Power behind those little hands, those little infant hands of Jesus were the ones that made that, that star. It's amazing when you stop and you think of the truth of the Incarnation. We get so used, I think, to hearing words like Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, God in the flesh. They just kind of roll off our tongues, off our lips, you might say. But we fail to fathom the truth that's behind those words. The one who made our galaxies. He became infinitesimally small in that little baby compared to all that he created. The one who had all glory, all power, all purity in praise. He's the same one who became, the Bible tells us, he was despised. He was poor. He was needy. He was helpless. The one who was before the world began became this tiny seemingly insignificant speck in that world. So Jesus the baby is also Jesus the creator. Incredible truth. 
And this is Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area, and if not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m., and we offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you would like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth Program, please give us a call here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. Also, we would invite you to join us Christmas Eve for our special Christmas Eve service, 6 to 7 p.m. And as we do come to the end of 2015, would you prayerfully consider us as part of your year-end giving? We rely on your faithful partnership with us financially, week in and week out, to keep the broadcast alive here on KFAX. We'd love to hear from you. Would you, again, please prayerfully consider us in your year-end giving? You can reach us again at 650-366-9923, or you can give securely online at our website, gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. We trust you'll have a blessed week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.